Yes. Defeat before detail. <laughs> and she was in utter denial. Well, see, with a little more time, we can do better than that. <laughs> Okay, next week we'll do B words and we'll see how you do. B words. Beware. Beware of next week. See, you can be creative. <laughs> or not. <laughs> Something like that. Well, um, we've embarked on a little journey I wasn't really counting on. But I thought, and actually, the sermon today is not the one I had been exactly counting on either. And it'll, hopefully, we'll finish all that stuff that I'm counting on next week. We began to look at aspects of the fruit of the Spirit, which easy stuff, right? Get right to it, do it in a week. And, you know, as thoughts began to come to me on this, like right now we're supposed to pray, okay, so let's stop that word, that sentence, and, and pray. And one of the things we needed to pray for, which I unfortunately forgot for a moment, was the, the, the situation in Egypt right now. Um, it's uh, spreading. Started in Tunisia, okay. Spread to, to Egypt. It's spreading also to uh, uh, Jordan. And those that were somewhat friendly with Israel, there is total mayhem going on. This will change lots of stuff in the Middle East. And right in the middle of it all is Israel. What our government's concerned about is the price of oil. It's way, way worse than that. Okay, way, way worse. It's the survival of Israel. And uh, when all this is happening, all the bad guys are surfacing and saying, we're in charge, we're in charge, we're in charge. Uh, 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 you have Hamas, which won't go anywhere because nobody, even their friends, don't like them. But they're all saying, okay, it's our turn now to take, take control. You have Hezbollah in the north in Lebanon and Syria, which basically is Syria. Hezbollah, a real enemy of Israel, is saying, we can, we can take charge, we can do this. And then, of course, you have Iran that's saying, no, no, no. We will come to your rescue and solve all of your problems. And that ancient picture, once again, that's coming to light, it's called, uh, Syria calls it Greater Syria. Iran calls it Greater Persia. Okay, in other words, they want to control the whole Middle East. And in a part of that is kicking Israel into the sea. So it's, it's an interesting situation right now where those that were somewhat friendly to Israel and to, to the U.S., are making a reversal very suddenly. This is how fast things can happen. Uh, we need to pray. There's lots of believers in Egypt, the Coptic Christians, others. There's lots of Jewish people in Egypt as well that until now have uh, been living in relative peace. We don't know what's going to happen. Uh, the news as of yesterday was telling uh, Americans to stay in your hotel. That's not good if you're on a tour. Don't leave your hotel, okay? And Delta Airlines canceled... All their flights as of yesterday. Uh, that's in and out. So it's not a good situation. So let's pray for this situation that God's hand will put an end to the violence. People are, innocent people are being killed. And it's people, the evil people are looking to take over uh, this situation. Heavenly Father, we lift up the, the rebellion and rioting that's going on in Egypt that had, that had begun in some other countries and is spreading and actually spread into Europe and other places as well. Lord, I pray that your hand would touch and meet the needs of these people. And so many, the situation is they're, they're starving. They're, they, there's no food. There's no income. I pray you would provide their basic needs, Lord. 
and give the leadership wisdom. Instead of doing some of the nutty things they've been doing, of withholding and, and taking away people's rights, that they would bless them and turn and, and do an opposite. But I pray for your peace to come upon the land of Egypt and the land of Jordan and, and Tunisia. And you, you would restrain those evil actions of Syria and, and of Iran from coming in and seizing control with the object of now we can get rid of the Jews. Where I pray that the God of Israel would prevail. And I thank you for the wisdom that's being spoken by Israel. And the words of peace to its neighbors. May that continue and may they hear it. And may we be supportive of your promises in Yeshua's name. Amen. Thank you. <clears throat> Keep that in prayer. It's very important. Well, you know, when I, we started off a few weeks back by saying in Hebrews 11, about faith, our faith. We're saved by faith. Everything we have, we have by faith. Faith is important. Well, but Hebrews 11 starts off that faith has evidence. Because there are people that say, well, you just believe blindly, blind faith. No, we don't. Not at all. Faith, there's evidence. For everything that we believe, there's evidence. Did you know that historically, okay, the most well-attested to fact, historically, is the resurrection of Yeshua? Did you know that? I mean, there's more evidence for that than Christopher Columbus finding San Miguel. Was that what he found? What did he Cuba? What in Cuba? No, it was a, Santo Domingo. Okay, thank you. See, she knows. She she does know. In fact, there's more evidence for that. We stand on evidence. There's evidence for faith. There uh, is substance to faith. So, okay, so what is that? How do we measure? How do you measure your faith? How do we measure your faith? Well, you all know that there are, there have been people in our congregation 20 or so years ago, of course, that would point out how they measure your faith, okay? And so on. They're everywhere, okay? Remember all the, all the sayings, all the churches, we all have them, okay? They're everywhere. But no, no, what's important is how does he see it? How is, how is your faith actually measured? You know, the measure of a mature believer. And it boils down to the fruit of the Spirit. That, that's the measurement. And when, you start, when I started looking at how much that term is used, it's not just one place of Paul saying something. Yeshua said stuff a lot about your fruit. That he, it's his will that you bear much fruit. And that your fruit remains. Paul just gave us the outline of what that is. We're to be fruit bearers. And that comes from maturity. Mature believers. Mature believers produce that kind of fruit. Nothing to do with the gifts of the Spirit. Interesting, isn't it? In fact, Paul spends three chapters in 1 Corinthians correcting immature believers on the misuse of spiritual gifts. You can use them wrong. That was nothing to do with maturity. But the fruit of the Spirit has everything to do with maturity. And that's the example that we are, in fact, to be. So you've had two or three teachings on that. And so I'm thinking, well, you know, people say things like, we want the real meat of the word. You've just given us the milk. Now, normally what they mean by that is the real meat is prophecy. See, we spend all day talking about things that haven't happened yet. Now, think about that. But, but, and then we draw these conclusions based on something that has not happened. But people gossip about that, too. Are you aware of that? About what might happen? It might happen. I'm really concerned about that because it could happen. Okay, let's be concerned about what does happen and what is happening, okay? And the fruit of the Spirit is like a, it is, or it isn't. Is it happening in you? It's a measurement of faith. Interesting that part of that is humility, isn't it? 
Because if we walk around saying, you know, I am really mature, you're not. <laughs> That's the measurement. You just showed that you're not. Right there. Uh, and by the way, spiritual maturity has nothing to do with age. Small, young people can be spiritually mature. I told that to the children about this young gal named Gina back in the mid-60s. Her name was Gina, Gina Beeman. And it was unbelievable, her spiritual maturity at that age. She got it, she could communicate it, and she did. And it's like, I, and she announced, I'm going to be a missionary. I have no idea where she is today, but the fact that a small child can say, I can do that, and she does it, nothing to do with age. And she was proclaiming the truth, proclaiming the truth. Well, we talked about faith having evidence. There's evidence. Where's the evidence for, let's bring it home now, into this room. Not some other congregation we can criticize, you know, but this one. Because if it's family, we need to, Paul said, take a look with him. Look with, with him. What's the evidence of your faith? The evidence of your faith. Um, the elders are continually praying and talking about you. Okay, I'm praying for you. But a part of that is leadership. Who would be a good leader in this position? We have positions that are not filled. Uh, in leadership, and, and sometimes it's because the right person either isn't here or isn't available or isn't ready or whatever, but when it comes to other elders, adding elders, you know, it's a very important thing. So we pray. We pray. And, and one thing we look at is this measurement. Is the fruit of the Spirit evident in this person's life? Or is the other list what's evident? Or is it kind of, you know, so we do pray. That because to be an example of a believer, the mature believer, that's it, the, the fruit of the Spirit. Faith has substance. What's your faith made of? What's your faith made of? I shared earlier about Mary Jane and Chuck. Well, in this situation, they're being put to the biggest test possible. What's their faith made of? Okay, what's their faith made of? Because they have no control in this, no control. And I've got to tell you that I'm really blessed. The Lord is speaking to me about how both of them handled this situation with spiritual maturity. Not blaming God, not even complaining, not even complaining, but to be the example of maturity, which they are. And I'm, that speaks volumes of that family. And thank you. Thank you. But what do other people see in you? What does the Lord see in you? You are producing fruit, but what is it? What is it? What is? It? What seeds have you planted? How, how is your fruit expressed? Now we're going to get into some fun. More of it next week on that, but expressing certain things. How do you express certain things? Um, let's, let's suppose that your fruit is the fruit of the Spirit. How is it expressed in, in your life? How are you expressing yours? How is, let's use the word manifest. It's a better word. How is the fruit of the Spirit manifested in your life? Okay, how is love manifested in your life? How is joy manifested in your life? Patience. I'm going down the list today, and I'm on my drive in. So far, I haven't gotten anything that I was doing very well at. Okay? Kindness. Come on, i got to go faster, would you? Get out of my way. Mm. How's it being manifested in your life? When you have a kidney stone, well, <laughs> gentleness, humility. How is goodness being manifested 
in your life. Self-control. I'm failing on that one. How would people grade you on how these qualities are manifested in your life? More important, how does he grade you? What kind of a grade are you going to get? Here's here's the important one. Here's the important one. What's it going to be? All these qualities, all these qualities are produced by the Holy Spirit. You can't make it happen. Okay? By the Holy Spirit working in your life. And in reading, I mentioned last week some of these stuffy people I was reading. They, they were stuffy until they got to this. And they blossomed and bloomed. And they started talking about people that had spoken to them. And it was all these people that expressed joy where they were spoken to, not just sit there, you know, half dead. But they would express the joy that's in them. That's what spoke to these people who wrote uh, the commentaries and so on. They were, he, the people said they were beautiful people. They were lovely. This list that Paul gives is a lovely list. He gives an evil list, too. These are attractive qualities. They set people free. It, it's a, we were singing this morning about freedom and being free. Paul also teaches that they, these qualities, can be quenched. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 19. We can quench the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Oh, wait, think about that. The word spirit is ruach. We can, we can quench the ruach. Say it like it really says it. We can quench his breath. We can, what does that mean? Well, it's a, it's a picture of like a fire extinguisher. If you have a fire going, by the way, the symbolism of fire and the Holy Spirit are all through Scripture, Acts chapter 2, Mount Sinai, I mean, you know, fire coming down, okay? What Paul is saying is, you can take an extinguisher and quench that fire. You can do that with the fruit in your life. You can, you can just quench it. Why would you want to do that? We can quench his breath. How do you do that? How do you quench... This or any other work of the Spirit in your life. Paul gives us the other list, the evil list, which we'll focus on more next week because the Hebraic roots of those words and their meaning, the, these pictures are, are pretty amazing. They describe stuff too. All right? they, they describe things. Some of the things in that evil list that we'll talk about in more detail sound like this. And don't name names, okay? When I say something, I'll say, I, I know, because we're going to get to you. Or, okay. The list goes like this, the bad stuff, the evil list. That is not spiritual fruit, but Paul calls it the works of the flesh. Outbursts of anger, jealousy, envy. By the way, you can connect this to the Ten Commandments, too. All these, you can. Selfishness, contentiousness, that's clashes, being contentious, you know? Whenever somebody says something, you have to say something to say that they're not quite right. You fix it, you correct it. Selfishness, hate, dissensions, that's causing division, causing opposite of unity. Look at this one, unbiblical doctrine. That's one. That's the bad list. Unbib- what, what, what do you mean unbiblical? Do I mean heresy? Well, you can go that far, but it really means not focusing on the main thing. Bad doctrine can be, it's a truthful doctrine, but our whole focus is on this instead of Yeshua. We can get so focused on something that really does not make any difference in eternity. But that's a wrong focus. That's wrong. That's bad doctrine. Bad doctrine. The main thing is him. 
we're to focus on things of eternal value that will make a difference in eternity. That stuff's interesting, I, and I do love it, and it's fun. But it won't get one person to heaven. Not one. His list goes on. Wild parties. There's nothing wrong with a party. I'll show you in a minute. That word's in the Bible. God encourages parties. But this one was wild parties that are not godly. Uh, being under the influence. Does, does the Bible say not to drink wine? No, but it says don't get drunk. Clearly. Several times. Do not. What this is saying is don't be under the influence. And all this stuff then, when you get to the end of that list, it leads to where we were in the beginning, in the garden, thoughts of murder. That the best way to handle this is to get rid of somebody. Cain and Abel, right there. I'm going to fix this once and for all. And those kind of things lead to the worst possible of, of sins. Paul calls them the works of the flesh, and that's what quenches the work of the spirit. The works of the flesh. Um, Paul says, the works of the flesh are natural. We don't just have to sit down and plan these sins. We naturally do them. <laughs> it's our nature. It's our sin nature, he calls it. Uh, they're normal qualities if you're not filled with the Spirit. Sinful people do this stuff. All of us do this stuff, or we have in the past. The object is to stop doing it. So please pray for me. I've got some weaknesses and shortcomings. And failures, all right? But we all do. But the lovely list, I like, the, I like it, those stuff you guys call it, that the lovely list. They saw, all of a sudden they start talking about flowery things, the lovely list. <clears throat> those things are not normal. Those are not normal. The bad ones are. They're normal. They're supernatural. The other ones are natural. They are supernatural workings of the Holy Spirit. That as he takes control of you, as you yield control to him, those become qualities he develops in you. It's from him. They're godly qualities. You can't do that. You can't do it. You don't have to plant or water the seeds of the naturalist. They're right there, ready to do something. They're produced automatically because of the sin in our life. We were born that way. But Paul clearly states... That the natural man, he calls him that in 1 Corinthians, the natural man, apart from Yeshua, does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. In fact, it's, it's to the point where he said, that guy thinks we're foolish. We are foolish if we believe this stuff. Because it's just blind faith. Not true. Remember, get Josh Mitchell's book. tells you about the evidence for our faith. But Paul said, that person that doesn't know the Lord cannot discern spiritual things. He can't know them, he can't understand them, and he, he has not experienced them. And so because he hasn't experienced them, he says, well, you're wrong. By the way, that's true of some of us, by the way, when it comes to the spiritual uh, gifts, uh, the spiritual qualities, the fruit of the Spirit. Just because we haven't had an experience does not mean it's wrong. It means you haven't had the experience. The Bible gives us the right way to do it, also the wrong way, which we want to <laughs> have boundaries on, on expression and so on. But just to say that it's not true is not true because it's biblically sound and correct. But just because you haven't had the experience, let's, let's take the controversial, a, a controversial one, which I'll spend only about 10 seconds on. <clears throat> Speaking in tongues. Pe people will say, and you've probably been places, and even some of our congregations in the movement will say that's not real, it doesn't happen today. 
Happened 2,000 years ago, but not now. <clears throat> well, I don't think that's true. And if you look at our statement of faith, we believe that all of the spiritual gifts are in operation today, including speaking in tongues. And usually people who say that is because they haven't had the experience. And then they write books later in their life, you know, well, when this happened to me, then I, well, yeah, of course, when you have an experience, it changes your perspective. But it's possible, as we grow in our faith, not to have had the experience and say, you know what, I believe it's true and it's real, but I just haven't done that. But bless you when you do it. That's the, that's the, that's the proper balance. And what Paul said is that we are to seek God to give us these gifts, not because I, I want to be a prophet. <laughs> if, if you know what a prophet is, you don't want to be one. They, they kill them, okay? They, they, they kill these guys, right? They stone them. Thanks, Mark. But it, if, if that's the motivation, God's not going to give me that gift. What's the reason you're wanting a, a, a particular gift? I think tongues is so cool and flashing people will look at me. No humility. No, 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 no. It's a gift that praises and honors him. If you ask with that intention, I cannot imagine a loving father saying, no, I'm not going to give you that. But I want to use this to, to speak words of praise to you in a language that's heavenly. Nope, can't, can't have that. <clears throat> okay, I'm not going to get into that today, okay? But there are people I know and love that will have prayed that prayer and they didn't speak in tongues. And they're going, I don't understand. <clears throat> Sometimes the answer comes later when you least expect it. Don't tell God what to do or how to do it. Like, okay, you have 30 seconds. From, don't do that. Okay? Ask. And he, Paul says he gives the gifts as he wills. He wills. And, and just probably when you need it, you'll get it. You'll get it, okay? Um, sometimes the, the little ones are the most fun. We were teaching a college-age Bible study in Northern California. A lot of kids in the room college-age. And, okay, I confess this, I'm sorry. But I had warts on my hands, okay? I had warts. Warts. I wasn't handling frogs or anything, okay, honestly. For sure I wasn't kissing any frogs, Okay. <clears throat> So this little gal in the group, this young gal about 20, she prays in the meeting that my warts will go away. She did. Did they go away? Do you see any warts? Okay. Do you see any warts? It's okay to touch you. Okay. No, you don't see it as you. Well, after the prayer meeting, we had our snacks and cookies and cake, and I still had warts. <clears throat> Next morning when I woke up, I didn't have any warts. They were all gone. Every single one. I called her and I said, guess what? You have the gift of healing. Use it. Pray for people, okay? It works. didn't work at that moment. The next morning, they were gone. They were just gone. You know, so pray for people. Sometimes he answers and sometimes he heals. Uh, an unnamed faith healer. You know, some of these guys are crazy, right? They're nuts. Some are not. Not naming names. One of them was on Johnny Carson on The Tonight Show years ago. And so Johnny was being nice. He said, so tell me, you pray for people. You're known as a faith healer. You pray and people are healed. He says, how does that work? <laughs> anyway, and you know what? Here's the answer, and I loved it. This person said this. He said, you know, I don't know how it works. I know that I pray for people. Sometimes they're healed. Sometimes they're not. I pray for all of them. Sometimes they're healed, and I don't know how it works. But if somebody wants prayer, I pray for them. I like that answer. 
Okay, I'm not telling God what to do. I'm not making demands. If there's a need, I pray, but I pray for healing. And sometimes they're healing, sometimes they're not. And the why is not up to me. It's not up to me. Paul said, though, these people that look at us, they think we are fools. We are foolish. Well, to step into those things, the evidence of faith, those acts of faith, it takes a decision. If we're to be filled with the Spirit, if we come to faith in Yeshua, it's a decision. We make a decision. There's a point in time. We ask, we receive. It takes a decision on our part, an act of our will, to plant seeds. Make sure you're planting the right ones. Okay, because there's going to be a harvest. What are you growing? What are you growing? Will it be the spiritual fruit? We let him do the work in us. It's a product. I love the word, that word product because produce, you know, vegetables, the fruit. It's, okay, a product of our submission to him and his ownership of us and his control of our lives. And I'm, I'm dealing with stuff in my life that I keep sometimes taking back the control and letting go. Nobody says it's easy, but I, I want to do the right thing. I'm trying. Keep me in prayer. It's a product of our submission unto him. So the question comes then, who or what is in control? Well, the, other, the bad list, it's not him that's in control at that point. And we can give up control. We can let go. It's a choice. Okay? It's the wrong choice, but it's a choice. And we can take that good list, and the evil list quenches the lovely list, if we choose to walk and go in that particular direction. Those things ex- extinguish the fire. Don't do that. Don't do that. It's a battle. We did that series years ago, a long one on spiritual warfare. It's a battle. And it's relentless. And it does not stop until you're in heaven. And you can't put your guard down because Satan is right there waiting to launch the attack at your weakest point. And he looks for him and, that, and that's where the attack comes. So back to our list. You said I was going to have this all wrapped up by now in our series. And we haven't even gotten to love yet, right? We're really not going there today anyway, but manifesting the fruit in our life. Which list are you expressing? How is it being expressed? You know, people are saying, can say, have said things about all of us, bad things. And sometimes it's true. It's still gossip, but sometimes it's true. I've had things said about me, and it really was hurtful. But I had to say, that's true. <laughs> you're, you're seeing truth. That is true. And we need to use that as a prayer guide. As a prayer guide. Okay? Both of these lists, okay, more and later, they'll have emotions. Look at the list. They're emotional words. Emotional words. They're linked to them in their expression. We talked a little bit last time about, you know, there's a lot, a lot of people that say, we don't want to really not be emotional. Not be, not be emotional. So let's go there a little bit today and talk about this. By the way, the, the good list, the lovely list, the other, there's the other list. I call it the wolf list. Remember the, the wolves and the sheep? The wolf list. Is there, is there a wolf list? Yeah. What do wolves produce? Other wolves. They both produce fruit. Yeshua said, you'll know them by their fruit. Who's who? You know who's who by the fruit. So what's being manifested? Is it love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, humility, self-control? Or, don't name names, 
Criticism. Arrogance. Division. My way is the right way. And you're wrong if you don't do it my way. Because I'm right. Grumpiness. Harshness. You know the, the, the grumpies in the Bible? That word in the Bible? Harshness. Anger. Fighting. Doesn't that stuff just please God? Look at that. And yet that's how a lot of us, us meaning, I'm talking about the whole body of Messiah in general, we, we behave like this. In talking with other leaders, we laugh, but it's not funny how, how Satan, we don't even need Satan to cause trouble. We cause enough of our own. We attack each other. We shoot each other. We need to stop doing that and unify together and fight the, the real enemy. We're not the enemy with each other, but we act like it sometimes. It's, it's, and, the, and the real enemy just smiles. He says, you guys, you're doing great. Just keep shooting each other. You're not talking to each other. What happens if you don't talk to each other? You don't pray for each other. And there's no strength. You, you, you lose that strength. Well, that's one of his tactics. What manifests in your life? Remember, we produce who we are. That's from a couple of sermons ago. So, definition of terms. I love words and word studies. Definition of terms. So, you want to help me out today? We have audience participation. This is the part that I was g- going to pick on Anne today, and she conveniently is teaching Shabbat school, but we'll <laughs> nail her next week. Okay, Anne, you're li- listening to this CD, aren't you? I know you are. Okay, I want some, uh, some definitions, because these are easy words, aren't they? Okay, it's simple, these common words, and we all know what they mean. So, uh, volunteer. Here, uh, I'm not going to call on, on Robert or Helen or Doris because they all have the right answers. <laughs> <laughs> Wisdom does come with age. And I'm willing to bet they would give us the correct answers on this one. Um, uh, where's Mouse when I need him the most? Okay, Geraldine, since you're Mrs. Mouse. Please, please rise to the occasion. You, you guys are laughing. We, more, we have eight more words to go, okay? Okay, this is easy. I mean, we, these are simple, easy words. Give us a definition of love. What is love? A little faster, be good. There's too many things to choose. Caring, concern, compassion. Keep going. Being there for the person. Keep going. God, God is speaking. Keep going. The, the Lord is speaking. Trust. Do this. You do it good. Say, yeah, go. Keep going. Do it. Do it. Okay. Understanding. Trust. Um, compassion. Get back to that. Uh, being there. Honor. Understanding. Forgiveness. Joy. All the fruits. Um, being yourself. Putting others before yourself. Putting God before others. You need to write this down. That was the Lord speaking through you. Thank you. Good job. Good. Thank you. Good. (laughs) You know that, when I blindside you, sorry, but what happens sometimes, when you blossom like that, it's really rewarding to me. Because she just demonstrated her maturity in front of all of us. No time to plan or look something up. This just came from right here. Thank you. Good answers. What does that say? Oh, it's the fruit of the Spirit. Okay. Okay, that's good. That's nice. I like it. So everything she said 
was a manifestation. This is what love does. Love does this. If we're to have the fruit of the Spirit, and that first one is love, we are to love. Love does something. All right, my main topic for today, if we ever get there, joy. A definition of joy. Let's see here. These are all hiding over here. Definition of joy. Okay, Marla. I, I pick you because you are a picture of joy, okay, to all of us. So give us a, what you think is a definition of joy. It's, I think it's very difficult to actually give a definition of joy. I think if I describe it, it probably would be better. It's that well springing up within us, and it's something that the Lord creates as we abide close to him. Okay, well, so that's good, but there's maybe some more. We're talking about manif- manifestations. How do you express joy? How? Okay. Well, you just talked out loud. You didn't even raise your hand. Here, go ahead. Jerry, I need some help here on self-control. Okay. How to express joy? <laughs> yeah. Laughing, giving oh. of gifts. Oh, singing. I like that one. Do you have my colors and sizes? Yes, yes of course. Yes. Singing, shouting, uh, raising your hands up, dancing, skipping. skipping. A, it's more of an action like word. It. Hopping. I like skipping. I like skipping. All right, that's, uh, those are expressions of joy. Every single one she named, you don't have to teach little kids to do. They just do it on their own. They do that stuff. I mentioned a few weeks ago that, that little kids, a toddler laughs like ten times more than an adult every day. They just they think stuff's funny and they laugh at it, okay? But they're not afraid. They, you know, they express the other stuff too, but they, they express joy. Well, if we're, if we're looking at these definitions, okay, peace. How is peace manifested? Patience. How is it manifested? It is. How are you doing with it? And but all of a sudden, at least for me, I look at this and I'm thinking, this is not shallow stuff. This is deep stuff, because this is the evidence of our faith right here. How we doing? How we doing? So joy. What does joy look like? I want to just hone in on that, that one today. And end with that. The Greek, I love, Mass is not here for this, so again, I love word studies. The Greek and the Hebrew word, the Hebrew equivalent, is the Greek is kara, C-H-A-R-A, kara. Okay, so people are named this. Okay, charis. Um, kara is, is a feminine name. It's a joy that's ignited by God. The word ignite goes back to fire. Okay, a joy that's ignited by God. That's the way the term is used in the Bible. How many times is it, is it used? Huh? How many times? Now, contrast ignite with quench. Joy ignites. Don't quench it. That word is used 130 times in the Brit Hadashah alone. Now, what does that mean? It means this is a book of joy. This is a book of joy. Sometimes people don't act like that, do they? It's amazing to me that something, sometimes all they read are what's negative. Just the bad stuff. Thou shalt not, thou shalt not. No, the law is so horrible. It's horrible because it's thou shalt not. 
take another look. Okay? God wants us to have a joyful, happy life, and he tells us how to do that. It's a book of joy. Um, also, those words are related to another word called fun. That word is, is it's in the Bible. God wants us to have fun. To have fun. To have fun. Uh, years ago, by the way, in case you aren't noticing, I'm not going to finish this message today, but that's okay. Years ago, I was uh, 19 or so years, years, ago, um, years old, <clears throat> and I, I went on a mission trip that radically changed my life. I was a normal high school kid, okay? I, I was just out of high school. And this little team we had of about a dozen people went down to, to Mexico for a week. You, we're high school kids. Everything that happened in this village, the youth did. Adults did nothing except chaperone us to make sure we didn't get killed or something, okay? Or eat the whatever. <clears throat> but I gave my first sermon there. I gave stories. I led music. I used to play the guitar before I, I broke my hand. But we, teens did the whole thing with adults in the village. I remember that all of a sudden it hit me with a ton of bricks that I am giving a message from the Bible tonight. And I've got to say something. And these people are coming to hear what I have to say. And I go, who am I anyway? I went up at the back of this building and sat down. And just, I cried. I wept. And I just prayed, Lord, I'm... And this is what he wants to hear, by the way. He said, I said, I'm nobody. I'm nothing. These are dear, sweet people. Please give me something to say to these people. Please. Because I'm nobody. I went in there and I gave probably the worst message I've ever given. Luckily, it wasn't recorded. It was horrible in every way. At the end, about eight young men in their, early, in their early 20s came to the Lord, came up and they knelt and prayed with me. I go, Lord, if you can use that, you can use anything. Count me in. I'm in, okay? And so we came back from this experience, and that, that happened with all of us. All the feeble things we did were received because the Holy Spirit takes it, retranslates it, and puts it right here. It says, it says that in the book of Hebrews, okay? So we came back, and... We were in this depression. It was worse than re-entry, Dolly. Okay, worse than re-entry. So we started calling each other. What did we say on the phone to each other? I miss you. I love you. All of a sudden, so we decided to get together that next Friday night. So the, the dozen of us got together. And here was the structure. We were so structured. We sang songs. We shared what the Lord was doing in our life that week, which meant you better be doing something. And then we prayed and went home. And this continued for years. And it grew from a dozen to hundreds of kids that age. I would be getting phone calls from parents of kids who used to go to parties. And the parents would say, what do you really do? They said, we sing. We share and we pray. Not my daughter would never go to that. You know what? It was fun. That was fun. His kind of fun. And they chose that versus the wild parties we were talking about here because this is a lot more fun. Seriously, it is fun. Spiritual activity is supposed to be fun. They enjoyed each other. They enjoyed him. If they liked praying, okay? I mean, the whole... God wants us to have fun. But it's on a spiritual basis. This is way more fun than those wild parties. I'm, I'm, I'm shutting this off. I'm going back to this one. I'm not sure why I'm using that one anymore. Okay. 
<clears throat> but that root word is amazing. A couple more things for today to put it together, and we'll, we'll, we'll pick it up again next week. Our relationship with God and with other believers is to be fun. With Him, it's to be fun. Enjoyable. Enjoy the word joy. Enjoy, isn't that word? Joyful, full of joy. Isn't that word? We're to enjoy God. That's what worship is all about. It's also linked to other words in Scripture. There are uh, seven Hebrew words for worship. They're all linked together. Worship. Giftings. Charismatic. Okay? You, you know, the, people don't want to be charismaniacs or, or uh, plenty costals or I don't know, all those things. But if you look at what the words mean, it means joyfully gifted. <laughs> I think I want that. I want to be joyfully gifted by, by him, okay? Because there is, is, beside a particular spiritual gift, joy comes with it. And the two work together to produce something that's joyful, full of joy. That's his plan. That's how to work. It's manifested. There's an outward expression somehow. Where has all the joy gone? We can write a folk song about that, can we? Seriously. Okay, in the New Testament, this is so cool to me, because you read it in English, and you, and you miss some of this great stuff. Most of these letters start off by greet, greetings. Greetings. You know what that word means, the, the Greek and the Hebrew equivalent? It means, joy be with you. That's what it means. They start off by saying, joy be with you. It's a blessing. I, I want to bless you in Yeshua's name. Joy be with you. It's also a benediction. Okay, Yeshua. In his teaching, by the way, I'm not going to go to the 130 words, okay? Not all, just a few. His story begins, and his story ends with joy. The angel Gabriel appears to Mary. What does he say? Joy be with you. Starts off with joy, okay? Uh, the angels to the shepherds, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. The king has arrived. The wise men were filled with joy when they found the child. If you start looking at this, that word is the key word all through the whole thing. And yet some people in the body of Messiah look like they've been drinking sour pickle juice, right? What's wrong with that picture? Do, do people, people aren't attracted to those kinds of people. They don't invite those kind of people to their parties because you already quenched. Don't do that. One of my favorite chapters in the Bible, which is a, a teaching at the, at the original, Luke 15, the trilogy of the lost and the found. And found. Now, the lost coin, the lost sheep, and the lost son. What's, after each event, what is it? There was joy in the presence of the angels of God over one person that returns and comes back. There was joy in the Father who received his son back. Joy, 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 all, all the way through there. They responded, the angels responded. Joy was the binding factor in the stories that Yeshua told. At the resurrection, first thing the angel say, says to the women, rejoice. Joy be with you. I have the greatest news of all time. At the other appearances of Yeshua at the resurrection, Luke 24 says it twice. Joy, he, he said, joy be with you. Joy be with you. John chapter 20, he appears to the disciples in Galilee. Joy be with you. Joy be with you. In the middle of the book of Acts, Acts 15, we had the first major problem. Okay, the problem was, well, these Gentiles are all coming to the Lord. What, what, what do we do with them? I mean, there's, there's more of them than, than of us. What do we do? <clears throat> well, they wrote a letter. 
How, you know how it started? starts off by saying, joy be with you. The door of joy is being opened to all nations because of Yeshua. And we just want you to know, you are welcome. So it was cool. James, you know, stuffy James, faith, you know, the, the works guy, faith and works. He, he starts off by saying, joy be with you. Joy be with you. Paul begins all of his letters with that, but he ends some of them as well. It's a sandwich. Beginning and ending, joy be with you. And in 2 Corinthians, he ends up by saying, joy be with you, my brothers. You know, Paul can be seen as stuffy at times. He was full of joy. Not stuffy at all. They had joy. Every book of the New Testament is full of joy. Where's our joy? Where's our joy? What's happened to us? How is ours being expressed? Have we lost our joy? Have we lost our joy? Maybe we should be praying for that. Lord, restore. David prayed that. Restore to me the joy of my salvation. Good prayer. He prayed it. Think God says no to that? Where's the joy? I want a joyful family. A joyful family. We have reasons to have joy, don't we? All kinds of good stuff. Good reasons. Good reasons. We need to express the joy that's in us. We need to get it back. Where's the fruit? The source of joy is Yeshua. It's him. The source of joy is him. At the last Seder, he, he said, I want you to bear fruit. I, I want your joy to be full. John, who was sitting ringside, says the same thing in the first John. I want you, I write these things that your joy might be full. How many of you have ever read the book of 3 John? Okay, take your Bibles and turn to 3 John. What chapter? Ah, okay, some of you guys are good, okay? Some of you guys are good. i just waiting for that one. That shows me who's reading. <laughs> Third John. <clears throat> Verse 4. This is a cool statement. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Parents, put that one on the fridge. That one on the fridge. No greater joy. Now, my temptation is to go for eight more hours into the book of Revelation. Is that a joyful book or what? Better believe it is. It concludes with the greatest worship service of all eternity. And guess what it's full of? Joy! It's full of joy. It's joyful. They were having fun. Well, it wasn't they, it was you, by the way. That's your future. You will be there, around that throne, in the most joyful experience of all eternity. Because, because, uh, please don't kill me when I say this, okay? You know, the, the message of the angels to the shepherds was this. I can't resist this. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. That's exactly what the angel said. And he was quoting Psalms. Okay? That says it all. And in Revelation, the king is on the throne. And we're around the throne. And we're celebrating with great joy. And if you read those accounts, it keeps having this, this overriding theme. It says, with loud voices. With loud voices. I mean, we are really rocking around that throne because we have some really good reasons to do that. And I think there's going to be some surprises there. You're going to look over. You're here? 
and then they're going to say, well, did, didn't you pray for me? Well, yeah, but you were... <laughs> pray! Sign up for the conference. Pray for people. The theme of the conference is joy. That is restore, revive us for joy. That's no accident. God gave us that a year ago. Okay, but that's the need of all the congregations, not just ours, all the congregations, that joy is restored. That's what this is all about. That's why I want you to be at this conference. That we're praying that joy will be restored. That's what's missing in all of our congregations. Not just this one. Across the board, that's the need. And that's our focus at this conference. And around that throne, <laughs> going back to that, that great song, which I, I love this. It's a biblical song. It's on scripture. Okay? What does it say in Revelation? The angel announces, let all the earth rejoice. There's an announcement to rejoice. Let all the earth rejoice. Why? Because the king is on the throne. Exactly as it says, he will do, he will be, and you will be around the throne. So, for next week, we're going to get into some of the wolf terms too, but uh, they're kind of interesting to see. But I think maybe thinking in terms of, since we're going to be doing that in heaven, why don't we practice here? Okay? Let's, let's, let's practice. So we'll do better then, you know? Let's practice now what we'll do then. So, today, my benediction is simply this. Please stand for the benediction. And then, I'll say shalom. It's simply this. Over and over and over again, the writer said this. Joy be with you. Joy be with you. Heavenly Father, I thank you that your will is that we enjoy you, each other, and have fun in life. That life is not a drudgery, but it's a gift to be enjoyed. Lord, I believe you can heal. I pray for Chuck Hornish, and I pray for Ken, for restoration. I thank you that even in this condition, they have joy. What a testimony. I pray for, for restoration, for revival, for healing, for rejoicing. And those that we have even given up praying for because they'll never come around and help us to get back with it and focus in on them because they just might be around that throne because we were faithful in praying. Lord, I pray for those that have lost the joy, that you would restore the joy of our salvation. Only you can do that. Lord, please, please, in Yeshua's name, amen. Sure. Yeah. Shalom Kim Roma